0: We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay.
1: And today's guest is Anthony Trax. Anthony is a former NFL athlete, American Ninja Warrior on NBC, international speaker, host of the Awe Shift and Shift Starter podcasts, author and founder of Identity Shift Coaching. After being put into foster care at the age of three, being adopted into an all white family at the age of 14, losing his NFL career to injury and more, Anthony learned early in life how to shift with the changes. Given his background, he shouldn't have achieved the things he did. It shouldn't have been possible for him to become an NFL athlete or successful entrepreneur, but Anthony wasn't willing to settle. His entire life has been about beating the odds and redefining what's possible given the cards he's been dealt with. His personal mission is to help others understand their past and present so they can shift their identity, evaluate their life and business and take control of their lives. By teaching audiences how to turn roadblocks and obstacles into opportunities, Anthony inspires and teaches people to unlock their full potential and achieve success and happiness a healthier life, better relationships, a successful career, more money, whatever the goal is, let Anthony provide you with a roadmap to shift and success. And in this interview we discuss what shapes our identity and how it affects our life, how to identify identity gaps in our life, how do we make an identity shift to become the person we want to be and so much more. This is a perfect interview to listen to, to find out how you can finally become the person you want to be. So use Anthony's identity shift hacks and finally achieve the goals you want to in your life.
2: Yeah, I am uh, I am Anthony Trucks. I'm a former NFL athlete, uh, American Ninja Warrior uh, on NBC. It's a TV show here. And I'm a speaker, author, and a coach, and I teach people how to make shift happen, which is uh, it's all wrapped around a concept of identity, which really boils down to I teach people how to have an identity that matches their dreams. so They can actually achieve whatever goals they want. And I typically work with people who are like you know coaches, speakers, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, that realm of humans.
1: Right. well I th- I'm so keen to have you on because I find a lot of people we collate all this information you know we hear all these amazing podcasts books and that yeah, but then when it comes to somebody actually actioning it all oh, the excuses and we fall by the wayside and we never actually go for what we want and this is why it's so important to find people like you that can teach us how to do this so of all the people you've worked with and you know the the problems you see what do you think are the main issues facing men making these kind of changes? Why don't we go for this? Why would we prefer to stay in our comfort zones, do you think?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I think part of it's ego. I think we have uh, we're live in a world where we can't, we can't be seen as not perfect, right? So we end up having situations where a lot of us are, are feeling inadequate or feeling less than because typically we, uh, we are comparing ourselves to individuals that are in places that are beyond us. And on top of that, I think when we are told what work we need to do, We are not really good at taking that feedback we don't do a good job of like absorbing it feeling it and and actually letting the ego subside so we can actually improve our lives
1: i love that i was dreading you're going to say the ego because mine was really bad when i think back to when i was younger i would use any excuse of why you know that person wasn't better than me and why that they were having a, a better way of doing that because of the you know the advantages they had maybe because their family had more money or whatever it was and and then I've seen friends who were using drink and drugs to kind of hide from, that you know, it's it's easier to drink your way through it than it is to actually plan and go right. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. Do you think that's what we're doing? Is it? Are we hiding from this, or do we just not have a set idea of who we want to be, or is it? Are you know? Do we know no. deep down?
2: I don't know if we know. I think we know there's something off, right? They say people, they rarely know what they want, but they know what they don't want, right? I think there's that level there. But even with that, you have to get to the point of of having an acceptance of the fact that I got to go find it. I don't think we always give ourselves permission to go find it. I think there's this thing that happens and we feel it and we go, ah, well, that sucks. And then we just live with it. And we find ways to distract ourselves through yeah, drinking and drugs and you know, sex and jobs and work and fitness. We just find ways to, to give it without actually focusing in any way on what are the things that can remove this? How do I stop this from being a feeling I'm experiencing more? And I think we get stuck in that place.
1: Because that's something I definitely had when I was younger, where I was wanting to start podcasts. I was wanting to go play, uh, do jiu-jitsu. I was wanting to do, like I had this whole range of goals. And the people I was hanging around with at the time, they were very much the, let's go to the pub. Oh, let's go play football. You know, it was, if you didn't fit inside that bubble, you weren't really involved or you weren't part of the group and you know going back to sort of like caveman days of where if you're not part of the group you can be isolated and killed by a leopard or something like you know so it's, it's the fear of escaping the group so can you go into a little bit um about how identity is formed you know why is it so important and how are we shaped is it from childhood or are we affecting our
2: identity every day or how, how do mm-hmm. we play into this well, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of questions tucked inside of that question. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So I what have a is heart identity? Heartache. No, it's fine. The, the great place to start starts. What is identity? And identity is, so if you think about how our life is created, it's based off of actions, right? It's things that you do that create this life you have, or inactions that diminish what you could be doing. So we all have these areas of life where it's like we could be doing a lot, we don't. So here's how I look at identity. Identity is who you are when you are not thinking about who you are. And within that, actions are taken that craft your life. So when I'm not thinking about it, there's ways that I react, there's ways that I think, ways that I process, that I judge conversations, situations that'll happen. Like I just show up without consciously thinking about how I'm showing up. I'm thinking about what I'm doing. I should do this and do that, right? But I'm not a level back going. But is that the right thing, right? I'm not always. I'm just in the motion, and that's what we say. Hindsight's twenty-twenty. Because mm-hmm. in that hindsight, in that moment, really, you would, your identity was coming through, and so it's incredibly important because if you are not taking account of this and being aware of it, you will just run your life from the second question, which is how is it programmed? Well, you're going to run your life based off of programming that took place when you were a kid. At the end of the day, we have situations that that feed into our world, into our brains, and they program a lot of who we are. So what you end up seeing is a lot of things where where we have ways that we respond to troublesome you know, situations. We have ways that we respond to feedback. We have ways to respond to, um, I don't know, whether it could be work, success. We just do things. And a lot of it's programmed by teachers, preachers, coaches, leaders, people that tell us how to do certain things. And we carry that into our adulthood without even realizing it was already put in place before we were the age of like 14. And we live our lives from that place endlessly until some people at some point in time have crises that arise or they make a choice. The reason it's two different ones is because a crisis that you experience will put you in a position to be forced to figure it out. I got to figure this out. Something's off, right? And then you just, you mm-hmm. do something and you eventually learn and you get better. But then the most successful people I knew were able to make a choice to be better before something was forced upon them. So they said, you know what? I want something more. I want to do something at a higher level. Where do I got to go, like, improve? Where can I go do something? And in that area, they, they if they're wise... They'll find out what needs to be done. And most of the time, it's who they should become. Now, that's not always a clear thing. Is like the question of who should I become? But really, it's behind the scenes. So the programming has already been done. The goal is to reprogram it so you can have different things so you can actually live a better life, which happens from taking different actions at a effortless effort level, a a, a identity level before you're even thinking about it.
1: This is why I become such a big fan of yours. Like, I love the way that you can actually, you can lay it out there. So we don't, you know, we it cuts away the ego. It cuts away the BS that we hold back and go, no, that's, I, I, I couldn't do that because I'm not a professional athlete. No, I couldn't do that because I'm not X, Y, Z. But yeah. you've said that the the life we want to live is, you know, currently above the identity that we are performing at. Can you go into a little bit about that? Because I've had that where I felt like I was, I could do more, but I was just, I was like living in the shadows. I was living in another version of myself. And yeah. I de- you know, I definitely feels like it was formed when I was bullied at primary school. I was mm-hmm. living in that sort of protocol of not going yeah. into, coming out the shadows, not st- speaking out or whatever. And then I had to serve, I was forced in the crisis then to step up and say, no, I need more from life. But could you explain yeah. a little bit about what you mean by that? About operating at a higher level.
2: Yeah. So the way that I look at us as humans is we are we are computers. Um, it's it's kind of a weird way to look at it, but we pretty much are computers. In a sense of, we have this programming, and this programming is essentially our identity. Like a computer has hardware, we have the hardware with the body, with the eyes, the ears, the physical parts. Right? The computer has the exact same thing. Then you have the programs, which is, you know, your Zoom that we have. we have. We're using Rodecaster, sorry, Zencaster. That's a program, right? Now, the programs in life are health, wealth, relationships, career, all that kind of stuff. When you get to the point of the hidden area that really controls it all, it's the operating system. It is the Mac OS X. It's the Windows 95, you know, it's, it's the Windows. It's the Linux. It's the operating system that allows the hardware and the actual programs to work together. Because if I had a computer with a really cool program, but no operating system, I can't use the program. Mm-hmm. And on top, of like people, there's also files, right? If you have a file, like a music file, the files in our life are the information, the books we read, courses we take, that kind of stuff. It's the files. Those files benefit the programs. I may read a book on relationships, my relationship could be improved in that program. But if the operating system of the computer isn't functional, none of that works. Same with the identity of our operating system of a, of a body. That's our operating system is our identity. So say I go and read a book on how to improve my relationship and the, the program of the relationship is ready to get taken care of. And I'm, I got the hardware, but say I'm the guy in my head, I go, but I don't, I don't swallow my pride for my girl. Well, your identity identifying as the guy who doesn't do the things to fix your relationship. Well, now your operating system is hindering the information from the file to show up in the program so you can experience it. So we are living these lies where we're not actually upgrading that operating system. We are married to old things from old ways. We haven't updated in any way. Like a computer, you got to update the operating system. A lot of us are going, but I got the files, the information, and I got the hardware, right? I, I got the program. I got a relationship, but I can't figure it out. Well, yeah, the issue isn't the information. The issue isn't the program. The issue is your identity, if you were to go in and take a look at how it's showing up to utilize those, you'd see you actually have a lot of room to grow. And if you do, all that stuff becomes amazing.
1: That makes so much sense. And it's I think this is why you've been so successful is you have a way of like outlining it like that to, to the layman, to the people who understand it on a deeper level, but you have a way of making the the client, I suppose, for a better word, to understand and use the different sort of the the ways that they can relate to it. So do we have to identify the type of person that we want to become, or do we just need to know that I want to change? I need more from life. You know, how specific do we need to go at this point?
2: Yeah. I, well, if you do it right, so we have a shift method, which goes through multiple levels to get this all dialed in, but you do as best you can want to go the route of clarifying who that person is, so you can become that human. Because a lot of us will go, well, what do I gotta do? Uh, And we'll say, what do I gotta buy? What do I gotta learn, which is all good. But the bigger question is, is who do you have to become? Because if your identity doesn't match your dream, then the dream doesn't get realized, right? So Hmm. for me, it's like, you can go ahead and consume all that. You can think it's great, you have amazing dream, but if your identity doesn't match, well then the information doesn't get applied, you don't do the things. Let's say you do somehow and run by way get that what ends up happening is you don't have it for long because you aren't the person to have it, so you eventually lose it, and on top of that, if you get it, you might also feel like you don't deserve it, so you might self sabotage to lose it because it's not who you are at your core, so that's a lot of what people run into all day is like this this in between of struggling and they they don't do the work in the proper manner to get there it's
1: like it's like you're sort sure of like breaking down every single kind of barrier we have to get to that point of oh, you're still there? Uh, it's um, like you're breaking down all these kind of issues that we put up but it's like this automatic defense of oh no no don't be silly though you know the excuses that we're likely to throw but how do we start identifying the identity gaps um you know these areas where you've uh, that you work on if are we aware of them are we always aware of them or are these things that sometimes can be sure. so deep rooted in our system that we, we will never be aware of them until they're identified?
2: Yeah, no, we'll, we'll feel them. I don't think that. So the, you did reference, it's called identity gap. So whenever I notice that I am away from a place that I want to be, it's what's called an identity gap. And then identity gap mm-hmm. is one that we feel emotionally. Typically it's the thing that's floating around and it feels awkward and it feels funky and I'm falling short of something. And when you're aware of what it is, you have the opportunity to improve upon it. But earlier you asked, what's the hindrance? Typically it's the ego. Because now that I've noticed a gap and I noticed that I am the, I tell people you're the common denominator in all of your problems. Either you caused it or you're you're allowing it. Once you do that, you have to actually step back and go, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to improve this. Because if you don't, you never do. And you keep living in the same cycle of suck because you won't actually move out of that place.
1: Because it's definitely something that I've I've come across it as I've learned more and more and spoke to amazing people like yourself. It's you start to notice things about your own personality. You know, like you're kind of discussing it and you're like, oh, that applies to me. And then that opens up another avenue. You think, oh, I thought I dealt with that back in childhood. Oh no, that's affecting me in my work because I do this. And that could be traced back from there. And it's quite amazing these little things that we notice that are affecting our lives now, like you said, that are formed back in childhood, formed by, you know, maybe an abusive teacher, maybe by a parent who shouted you the wrong way. And you've taken, you've held on to, the, you know, not talking back. So you never stand up for yourself or there's so many amazing ways this can be shaped, but what this, I found a lot of people who were saying they changed their life because they were living in poverty or they were fed up of where they were. What, happens to those people who have maybe done something bad in their past or maybe you know they were a bully or they were a criminal or they were whatever it is see it's a what? negative concept about us. is it the same way of fixing that identity gap to come to peace with that do we have to deal with the baggage the emotional baggage first before we ascend to the next level i hate myself ah, for that term,
2: I but. Get it. no no i get it there's I think there's levels within it. And so yes, there, there are different things that people experience and what they'll end up having is this feeling of deserving or not. And and what you're talking about to is a person who's like, look, I did something a little funky. Uh, and maybe it wasn't a bully. Maybe it was just something that wasn't in action or wasn't, you know, adequate for where I feel my pride could be. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is I'll go, oh, man, I don't I don't know if I deserve to go do that. And and what ends up happening is the only proof that we have from life is that we don't deserve very much. And so what I'm real big on is. If you have that going on and you are remorseful, the idea is to show remorse, apologize, right, to yourself also. And then you must create, with actions, new belief, a new thing to believe. So if I want to believe I'm a good person and I show up well, what should you do? You can't just sit there and go, I'm a good person, I show up well. No, you should go do something where you are taking an action of a good person who is doing well. It's very straightforward, but you need to do it over time to where you have proof to look back on in your heart's eye. And go, yeah, you know what? I used to be that person, but I made a choice to make a change, and I've done that, and I've, I've, you know, did a whole lot of actions. And at this point in time, I internally feel like, you know what? I, I do deserve or feel better than I did before. And and, and there, there, are always going to be things or it creeps up in the in the past. Like you're always going to have a situation where someone can say something. However, if you have enough proof to show that that's an old version of you, then it's is what it is, right? So the idea is like, how can you in time create? The same way you created that, because think about it, that identity you have, you created with actions. So we get to do the exact same thing for a new identity. If not, then what makes you think you're going to get mm. the new one, right? It takes time and energy and investment of energy. But the more you do it, the more you have an opportunity to have something new. That makes so much
1: sense. And it's so well put. And I was just, I was just letting it sort of sink in, thinking, like, of all the people who write to me and say, I would love to do this, but... And they're always like, I did this back when I was 15 and I'm 38 or, you know, or something silly like that. And I'm like, but that doesn't define you. You know, if you've Mm -hmm. you've not done it again, or if you've, you know, said sorry, or you made amends, or you've just lived a good life since then, you know, you're showing yourself. And I think that sometimes we get so wrapped up in these kind of memories from the past that we think that is our identity, because is it? do we wrap up our identity in the emotional memories, you know, the things that come with the most baggage, the most negative connotations, the most extreme feelings, the most extreme emotions, are they what we associate as our identity and we forget all the other good stuff that overbalances it?
2: I mean, it's all in there. It's just, it's, it's like a room where people are yelling, right? If, If you're in a room, the loudest voice is the one that gets heard. So I think for a lot of people, they just have the, the, there's people in the room, right? Imagine if there's a room of someone saying you're awesome and someone saying you're horrible. Well, if the voice of the person saying you're horrible is loud enough, eventually the person saying you're awesome is like, ah, I'm not even going to keep yelling it because no one's hearing me. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way to tone down one voice and tone up the other. It exists though. If you were to really go back and look at things you've accomplished, there's for sure going to be stuff you're like, yeah, I am pretty cool. The problem is we have the voice of the negative tuned way to the top and so now the volume's so loud we don't hear the rest of it so it's it's a matter of actually just adjusting the volume on things that you're already having as conversations in your head
1: this is why you should be popular forget these kardashians and all these kind of people people <laughs> like you that can actually seriously help people especially people with like mental health issues or who who know they can capable of better things or can do other things but they're stuck at that point where they think, "I don't deserve this." And a big thing yeah. I found is social media. Everybody looks at the, you know, cherry-picked photographs of people in the exact perfect location with a perfect smile and the perfect look, and they say, "This is my life." And when we take our entire life and value it against somebody's cherry-picked highlights, yeah. Do you think social media has? kind of destroyed a lot of people's sense of identity that we're comparing ourselves to people who we have no right to be, that we're not even in that same level of journey. So it's silly to compare them.
2: No, I think that we, um, I think we have aspects where we've outsourced our identity to social media and then we're trying to live. So we're li- the issue is an alignment issue, which means that, that if I don't feel aligned to my portrayal, I feel internal uh, like anguish. So, for a lot of people, they've outsourced their identity to social. This is how I look. This how I'm so great. No makeup, right? And, but in real life, that's who you are. I've watched some recent things where these people, like they'll, you know, they kind of catfish individuals and they put doctored pictures and stuff up, but they never want to meet the person in real life because if they do, they realize that's not how that person really looks. And mm-hmm. so we, that person's identity is wrapped up in the individual that they're sending a picture of, all dolled up. But the internal thing is like, I could never meet them is an incongruency of, of identity there. So I think with social, we have just outsourced it. And then we're living internally in a misalignment for many people with who I am in real life. Therefore, real life becomes more of a burden. The escape is to go into the computer, into social media, whereas the real life is very difficult and detrimental because it's not me. And I think there's this complete just crazy going on in a lot of people. There's a, just a disturbance, an unsettled aspect. And it's it's. In, I think it's in, impervious. Sorry, impeded a lot of people's ability to have full, thorough lives.
1: Because it's definitely something. You, it's really sad when you see them you'll see somebody's face drop when they're looking at a picture of somebody else. And, you know, they don't, you don't know they've taken it 15 times and they've waited till the sunlight comes round at a certain angle or whatever it is. And, you know, they're thinking, Oh, I'm not good enough because I don't look like that where half the time they're made up with the brands or they're wearing, you know, they have companies that are spending thousands to put them in these kind of doctored photo shoots. And it's, it's really sad in a way, but when we start making our changes, how do we know when it becomes a superficial change and a deep level change? Cause I think you have the C shift sustain
2: model of change. It's the method, yeah. Shift method, yeah.
1: Oh, it's a method. So how do we make sure that what we're doing is not just changing we're we're not just polishing a turd, basically. We're not just touching up the little things we want to change. Mm-hmm. And we're in fact actually dealing with a real deep level identity change.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, a, change is hard. A shift is what we call it because the change is difficult and heavy and it, it's a journey, man. It's like you, how to explain it. Um, have you ever like before a workout or like a yoga class, like stretched out and then, yeah. or like, for example, if ever gone to class, like we say a movement class and you feel crappy, you come out of the thing going like, man, I feel, I feel pretty good. Right. And, and typically we don't understand how crappy we feel. Until we've moved. Like, I used to this thing with people, I'd like, Hey, how do you guys feel? I feel pretty good. I'd loosen them up, get them stretched out because I used to go to the gym. And I'd say, How do you feel now? They go, Oh, I feel so much better. Right. They didn't even realize that they didn't feel as good as they could back before. They just were feeling how they felt and they thought, I'm pretty good. But it wasn't until I moved. And so I explain to people when it comes to identity, it's like this thing where you feel fine right now. You're operational. Life's not all falling apart. Right. But once you make a shift and you look at the way that, used to freak out on certain things or how you would respond when you were hangry, you know, or um the way that you would uh, have conversations and open up and share things. Mm-hmm. You start noticing like wow, I feel vastly different than I did before. I talk differently. I think differently. I handle situations differently. I'm I, I am less judgmental, right? When you start feeling that that's when you go, wow, like I am different. I have clients that a lot of them will come to me and we'll do our work and they'll go like the language they go, dude, I really feel like this identity shift thing I, from the work we did. And I'm like, that's the goal. That's what we were trying to do. <laughs> but it, it's really, it's almost like it, it takes them by surprise. Because realistically, it is this thing where when it happens, you, you just, it's almost, it's foreign. It doesn't feel normal. Therefore, it actually happens mm-hmm. in a funny way. But that's how you'll know.
1: Because I can, re- I was just remembering times there where I was thinking I was making a change. And all I was doing was kind of just, making a little part of it better. You know, I was focusing all my energies on that little area rather than doing the thing that brought about the biggest change. And I think I needed somebody like you at that point to kind of stop and go, no, come on. You know, like it actually lead me down the the path because a lot of times people are suffering and they don't want to fight against the the big stuff because it's bringing out the the demons or the the emotional baggage. But you've said action ends suffering. Is that the, the key to this? That we have to actually tackle these big things we have to get into the the true drama the two you know the true issues
2: yeah you have to because if not you're just uh like you said you're you end up putting a coat on it that's not the actual true base and that's i think that's where the big issue comes is because most individuals aren't looking to see can i am i doing the work that'll make me never have to do the work again right that's that's the thing is like i gotta find a way Mm -hmm. to do the work That is the last work and the last works, the harder work, you know, it's, it's the, but here's the thing is it's the gateway to great things. When I do just enough work to end this or not experience it, I'm never actually handling the problem that's right in front of my face. So because of that, what happens is with the product not in front of your, or the the problem not in front of your face or just kind of blocking it, we we can't see beyond it. We can't see past it. And so when you're able to handle the root issue, like it's, it's like handling, here's a way to look at it. As opposed to if I'm sick and I have an issue of maybe uh, I'm, my body's sick, but my nose is running, I can get a tissue, right? I can stop the symptom. I can get a tissue paper. Mm-hmm. But the real solution would be to go and handle the sickness. What's really going on? So that the symptoms stop. So take some, you know, medicine or whatever, rest my body. And then lo and behold, I'm not dealing with the symptom. I'm dealing with the root cause. Now that thing disappears. For a lot of us, we're trying to figure out how to handle the symptoms of life which you see every day and we don't deal with the core we're getting tissue paper to fix our marriage and we're getting tissue paper to solve our health issues or tissue paper to handle the self-love issues but the reality is if you go and handle what's the root cause of it then those things disappear so i don't think enough people are doing that
1: i love that That, that's gotta be like the, the tagline for this it's You don't, because a lot of times we think, oh, we're working on that. You know, oh, I've listened to her." Oh, we've gone for a date. That's going to fix our marriage where it's been years of poor communications or, you know, we're going to fix a friendship by just going out for a pint or something like that. You know, it's like we think these little actions, rather than, like you're saying, dealing with these big issues, we kind of try to fix the holes in the dam rather than get the concrete out, you know, and fixing it properly. So... You've said what, um, where is it? Sorry, what you create creates you. Is that yeah. what you're kind of discussing here is what actions you put in is what you'll get back out? So rather than dealing with just uh, the runny nose, you're actually dealing with the sickness. You're actually dealing with the real issues, and that would help create the better version of yourself. But if you don't tackle the main issue, you're only going to create a shallower version of who
2: you could become, perhaps. Yeah. We just keep, you keep the same thing. You'll have different symptoms. If you don't deal with the, but the actual root cause you may stop the runny nose, but then all of a sudden, like you get diarrhea, you know, there's going to be different things. You, again, it's, it's just going to keep coming out. The energy will come out in the same way and just in different areas. So if you don't actually focus on the root causes of it all, the symptoms never actually will stop. And so you'll keep experiencing the same thing over and over again. That's why people end up dating the same person with a different name, just the same person over, get the same job that's mm-hmm. in a different, you know, logo same thing because you're not dealing with the root cause and and when you deal with that those things now remove themselves from your lives
1: it's it's blown me away because like i was listening to a few of your videos earlier and it's like it was like you were kind of delving deep inside and kind of going all right all that bullshit you've been holding for years let's tackle it you know like let's look at this let's look at that and you're opening it up but you weren't kind of it's not like needing 60 years of therapy. I was just listening to a video and you were giving sort of concrete action of how to fix each individual thing. And before you mm. knew it, you were a completely different person. You know, you were just yes. completely changing your identity towards who you want to be. So as we start changing, how do we step out of this comfort zone? You know, when we start getting that fear and anxiety, you know, say yeah. we're overweight and we want to start going for a walk outside, but we're worried the neighbors will laugh or, we want to start jujitsu but we're worried that, you know, going and meeting new people whatever it is. How do we deal with that? How do we see it as a change for the better and a good thing? And, you know, so it actually loosens its power rather than thinking
2: Yeah,
1: no, that's not me.
2: Well, yeah. The thing is is we're fearful of outcomes. We're fearful of, of failing things and so we typically run into these these issues where, we're like, I don't want to go do that because what if I, I don't pan out to be as great as I thought I was going to be, right? And what a lot of I've found boils down to is we have these issues where we are identifying with the outcome and the end destination. And when you identify with that, the problem is, is you'll realize immediately you're not there yet. So like, and, and then that's why we don't take action. I don't go towards this thing. Cause I'm going to do it. And I'm going to realize I suck at this. Cause I can't be a professional baseball player tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. I, it's not possible. Right. But mm-hmm. if you can flip it and go, I'm going to identify with the effort. I'm going to identify with the person who, Come hell or high water, I'm going to figure it out. Well, what ends up happening is you get to a different level of internal. And, and now what you start doing is you start becoming this person who like loves the fact that today, just today, you did all the things you had to do. Now, the things you're doing are in the direction of the dream you want to go. But just today, you did the things. And when you do the things today, they bring around tomorrow. And, and now I can feel good every single night. And what happens is the energy that I'm using while going towards this is positive energy of like, Good job, Ant, you got today done, as opposed to negative energy of you suck, you haven't got there yet. And so for many people, when they start to go, like, how do I go into the fear of it? Go in with the reality that you're not going to go f- and kill it day one, but that's supposed to happen. But just give your identity the benefit from the daily efforts.
1: Yeah, because is, is that similar to, I interviewed Chris Powell um, who looks at transforming, you know, helping people lose a lot of weight, that sort of thing, and he's like a PT. And something he says is a lot of times it's the broken promises people make themselves. So when they, when you're committing to something, start a small goal and but gradually build it per day to kind of show yourself that you've got, you know, you can make a commitment to yourself and then you can achieve it, and then that gives you the confidence to step up to the next thing. Is that the sort of thing you're talking about, where you would do like small goals per day, rather than going right tomorrow? I'm going to be go on and become a professional singer. I'm going to, you know, I think tomorrow I'm going to start singing a song. Then I'm going to go and look for a lesson. and then I'm going to attend a lesson. and then I'm a. So you get the confidence as you go each day, is
2: isn't it? Okay. Yeah, every day. It's a it's a build up process. It's it's putting the efforts into the daily efforts in the that direction. That's really all it boils down to. It's it is actually pretty straightforward that way, but it has to be framed in a capacity where like, yeah, you're just doing the efforts on a daily basis to get there eventually.
0: It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The company's showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguidecom slash affiliates and level up.
1: So when we're doing this, and say we go out and we're doing amazing for a couple of days, and you're working towards your goal and you're feeling superb, but then you make a mistake somewhere you slip up or you do a, a behavior that you know is your, your old self, your old identity. How yeah. would you teach people to kind of reset, recalibrate and then restart? Is there a way you can kind of like a mantra or a, a, a habit or something we can do that just says, forget it. It's happened. Let's go. Let's move on.
2: Yeah. I always ask myself, what would the next moment of my life, what would make the next moments of my life better? And it's a simple question. It is not really what do I do to make it. It's what will make it. And, and not even what I want to do, because typically what I want to do is different than what needs to be done. And this mantra, is, it's, it's a question, but it actually leads to a place that's beneficial because what I think a lot of people don't do is think about the genuine next best thing for the direction I want to go. I'll feel funky and it'll hurt and it'll suck, but then it's like, well, well what do I do now? I don't, I don't want to do that thing and it hurts. And it's painful. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, but the idea is like, as we all know, action and suffering, right? But if I am not clear in what that action is and I only do what I feel like doing, I will never do what needs to be done. So for me, it's a matter of like, this sucked, this went bad. All right, what's going to make the next moments better? And what you're typically going to like find it to be is not something you always want to do, but when you lean in and do that thing. That level of suffering ends eventually but most people don't do that and most people don't actually apply that just a simple question and so they run their life on emotion and they run from more than they actually run towards
1: so they sit and hold on to the it's almost like they want to identify with the the, the thing that's causing them the pain because they don't know mm-hmm. like you're saying they don't know where the next best thing is or where they want to go from there so it's easier to hold on to something. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so something I used to look at was a lot of car- like movie characters and thinking I would analyze how they were in that scene and how you could take concepts from them, like habits, behaviors, etc., to make ourselves better in our own lives. And something I was very keen on, have you looked at anybody who's had a great example of identity shifts? So for me, it would be like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He was going to be a yeah. footballer. Then he became a wrestler. So he became a superstar wrestler, even yeah. when he was initially hated by the crowds. Then he became a movie star. Now he's like a global phenomenon. Yeah. Is, you know, is there other people you see as great, uh, apart from yourself, obviously, Everybody, is there anybody that you've seen as great, successful. sort of like su- successful identity changes like that?
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody's, anybody you know that's successful has made a shift or you wouldn't know them. It would have been still stuck in the same person. Jeff Bezos, you know, he started as a guy with an idea and borrowed, you know, fifty grand from ten people. Like this is, you know, this is an idea. This is a guy that wasn't that great back then. A nice different dude. You got Oprah, you know, who was told just one thing and eventually created something new. Anybody, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, you know, it's everybody that you know has made an identity shift. The thing is, mm-hmm. most of them made it the hard, long, and expensive way. It lost people, did the wrong stuff, took way too long because there was no playbook on how to do it. There's no strategic, like, here's how you actually make one of these shifts. So everybody just kind of did their thing. And the reality is if you do it properly, you don't have to go through the same hiccups and headaches everybody else did. You can shortcut the process immensely.
1: So say we're looking at, um, like, say I wanted to be like The Rock and I was thinking, okay, I want to be like Jeff Bezos for this and I want to be, you know, and I identified who I wanted to be and I thought, okay, I'm going to write out the cards. How do we, I'll have to watch how do we make sure that the people we're bringing along are the five, you know, the, they always say that you're the average of the five people you hang around with. How do we make sure that the people we're interacting with habits we're dealing with. How do we make sure that we're not bringing along a bunch of arseholes? You know how they say, you know, you might not be depressed. You might just be hanging around with arseholes. How do we make sure that who we're interacting with are the people that are good for us and eliminate those people that are like um, happiness drainers or pulling us back out of who we want to be?
2: I mean, for me it's typically just, just listen to the gut. I mean, we, I think we all know at the end of the day whether or not someone's good for us, but I just don't think that we all actually pull the trigger because we don't like to be alone, right? So, we don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a position where I have no community or acceptance. And so, what I'll do is I'll know somebody's not a good fit, but I'd much rather be with somebody who's not a good fit than with nobody. And so, we stay in these conversations and we stay in these relationships, and then it, it kind of sucks over time. So I think for me, it's like, I don't have to, people don't have to go looking very far. Like it's, it's pretty clear who most good and bad people are in your life. It's a matter of, are you willing to make the, the change that will allow you to then have the life you desire?
1: Yeah. Cause when I think back, like when I look, sometimes it's, you know, that person's not good for you, but. Mm-hmm. You, like you're saying, you're afraid of stepping up and saying, okay, this is the path I'm going on, you know, I'm going on your own journey. So sometimes it's easier to sort of cling on to the people who give you that comfort zone. So how would you deal with people, like, say you were going to go away and you wanted to become a whatever it was, like Mr. X, how would you deal with anybody who's stepping up, like your family members, your friends, your work colleagues going, don't be stupid. You couldn't do that. You're not worth, You're not good enough to do that. How do we deal with people who we can't just eliminate that in our lives? How do we deal with those kind of relationships where they're maybe not as supportive as they could be?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you just essentially, you keep them in the position they're supposed to be in life, right? You don't have to have this person around every part of your life. You just choose where's this person best suited to fit. And then leave, leave them there. And then outside of that, it's a matter of not even really worrying about anything that they fit into. I don't think we have to keep everybody in our life in the same place they are currently in. I think some people have a place and a role and a position and that's great, but I don't think that every person needs to be in every position of life. So if you're aware of it, it's like, Hey, make a funky adjustment, but then you can still keep them around, but they may not be like, there's people in my life that are great for my business, but I don't have other conversation with them about anything else. They just work for business and not health. And then I have stuff that's like, hey, this person's great for my life, but they don't need to talk about my business at all, right? So you just have that discussion in your head and then put people in the right positions and then keep them conversationally in their own areas.
1: Because that's definitely something I had to do is where I didn't burn bridges where I just spent maybe a bit of time with people and said, you know, I'm going to spend more time over here. I'm going to meet some new friends. You know, you can always say hi, how are you get on, kind of thing, but you don't need to interact with them. You don't need to create a life around those people, and I think that's what some people want are scared of doing. The kids they've grown up with, they think that's all they can amount to. So it's it's difficult for them to say, "I want to go down this path," where my friends are going down this path. So, what kind of habits have you identified that are you know, like that the top performers are using? Is there certain things they're doing where, like w- rituals they're doing, habits, that you've kind of identified and said, if people incorporated these into their lives, we'd all do much better? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, if we were able to to repeal our ego, one of the big things, if you, if you could learn how to suppress your ego when necessary, it'd be a humongous change for the world. As the majority of issues run into is people's ego showing up in moments when they can get you know, better. And they don't want to, so like I don't want to hear this negativity, right? But it's like really not negativity, man. It's truth. <laughs> so if your ego could pull back, two, it's if you could figure out how to be have how to fall in love with your day and not just the destination. Like if I can teach you how to how to love every single day as it is without feeling bad that you haven't achieved your destination, I think it's a beautiful space. Like can I can I literally have my destination be a place I love to be? And then I think the, uh, the last one would be like, be prepared to do work that feels out of character. Because a lot of us are going mm. to be doing things that don't feel like they are who we are. And that is genuinely an out of character feeling. The problem is we all deem out of character to be bad. But the reality is it's just a different character than you are. So it could be good. And if you could be able to prospectively see that, the idea would be like, how do you get to feel out of character but in the good way.
1: So how would you go about eliminating that ego? Because I think that's a big thing for guys where, you know, it's like, oh, shut up. I don't need help. Oh, who are you to tell me? I know better. Or, you know, we're kind of shown to be, or expected to be men who know everything. We don't need to ask for help. We take on all the burdens of our family, our kids, whatever it is. How do we kind of say No. I need to get rid of a eliminate my ego, ask for help, come to somebody like you, deal with the the baggage we're carrying on to become better people. Is have you found a way that works or a kind of way that a strategy that you could start working with somebody?
2: Yeah. Well, we have the uh, it's called the shift method. It's actually what we do. We we go through the process of actually helping all this come to pass. And there's three levels. It's a C shift sustain. It's pretty straightforward. There's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of exercise you got to do. But it's see, shift, sustain, which means see what you need to work on. See what the things are that are unique to you, that are specific, that only you need to be doing, not what you saw somebody else doing you think you want to try it out. Find out your stuff. Shift is to create a plan to shift, right, to what is the structure that you need to put into your life to eventually become the person that you've crafted and thought through, like that you really want to become. And then how do you sustain that long enough to internally and externally make that shift so one day you look back and you're like I am a different person I don't even recognize myself from who I was a month ago
1: and is is it really that simple to change I mean is that the kind of thing that because in our heads we think change is going to be like one of these things that's going to take years and years but what kind of time frame are you thinking I mean how how long would you You need to work with somebody
2: yeah, we usually see it happen about ninety days. It's uh, it's not it's not crazy. I mean, there's a lot that takes place in a three month period. A whole entire life can change. Now, it's not easy. I I give it as a a very simple base, but the exercises, the things you do within, that's where it's really fairly difficult. And if you can do that difficult work with the intention and understanding of what's going to happen at the end of it, now you get a chance to experience that thing we're talking about. But Most people don't like most people fall short of all these areas because they, they don't lean in to do the work.
1: So when we are having situations, say when we get married, when we have kids, how -hmm. do we go about that level of change where suddenly, you know, somebody's looking, needing to be looked after by us, we're the protector for our, our kids or, you know, we've got a partner to provide for what hmm. kind of how did you notice that change when you got married when you became a father to from the person that you were before how did you level up to that sort into that new identity and that new version of yourself
2: uh well I just i think the biggest thing is i just looked at myself and realized i wasn't happy with the guy that i was I like, just i think that's the first part of it is realizing like i'm not i'm not happy with this dude you know I, that's i don't know how to explain it because if you don't give yourself like the the you know, the ego suppression and actually poke a little bit. You never give yourself permission to improve. You're just always gonna be in that really weird space of of being funky and 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 like people notice it, but you don't notice it, right? So yeah. I think that was the biggest thing was I was noticing like my own self in a way that like, oh, I don't like this guy. It's time to change something. And then you actually do change things.
1: Because it's something that definitely comes across in all like your materials and contents. And is that you've got an amazing family, you know, and you're so supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your kids seem full of life that like, you like on your website and stuff. And it's, you know, you talk about how proud of your kids you are. And it's, it's such an amazing living situation you've got. But for people who are maybe, say, they've been with somebody for 10, 20 years and their partner starts to react to the change in them. Can we kind of encourage other people to change? Is there anything we can do if our partners are on different wavelengths to who we are? Or is that something you have to kind of do as a personal journey?
2: Uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think, well, you can't want more for someone than they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. It's, you gotta, you gotta ha- they have to desire it. Because if they desire it, then it's, it's a better situation. But sometimes our job is not to actually get them to change, but to plant a seed. And in planting that seed, they then have the ability to adjust it. But it's like, I may not be the one to water the seed. I might be the one that plants it, says something, and just, hey, I'm gonna let you know this, and then I walk away. And they have to determine what to do with it. And actually, if they're good, and hopefully what they would, like they get to apply the information and get somebody else to water that seed so it grows.
1: So say um, you had somebody listening to you now and thinking, this is amazing, I really need this. This is gonna change my life how would you start working with a client? You know, what kind of things would you, would you want them to kind of bring to you, you know, to say, this is where I am. Or is there some sort of like self analysis that we can do at the moment to kind of look at ourselves and what's holding us back?
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, the self analysis, it can happen internally uh, or you get other people to give you insight. I think that's what you're talking about. Like it's, You get other people to show you things people you respect enough to be able to give you like the words you need to hear not what you want to hear. And in doing so it turns into this thing where you start to have better self awareness to grow, but you gotta be around the right people. People are paramount to the whole process.
1: So if you had somebody that came to you just now and said, like say it was me and I said, I want to take this podcast to the next level. I know I can do this, but I'm feeling Mm -hmm. a bit of imposter syndrome, for example. Are things like imposter syndrome, um, jealousy, all these sort of feelings, these negative emotions, are these a sign of who we want to become? And we're jealous because it's something we want to do, or are these just sort of, you know? I mean, you know what I'm trying to say is like, are we should we use these as kind of fuel to then make our change to show where we want to become better people? Or is there something else behind imposter syndrome, jealousy, these sorts of things?
2: Mm, um, the imposter syndrome is natural. It's, it's this thing that is naturally gonna be there because you end up having a situation where you've never actually done this thing. So why would you think you're supposed to be good at it? And this is again, that same thing of identifying with the outcome. You shouldn't identify or even think about, am I this person or thing? Because you aren't. That's the idea, like you aren't. So what you need to start doing Is identifying with the efforts and that removes the imposter syndrome. Because if you're just, if you're the person that tries real hard, why, how are you an imposter in that? You know, you're not, you're doing the actual work to be better there. So it's a lot, a lot smarter way to look at things, do it that way.
1: So, what kind of character traits have you noticed that can you look at somebody and say, you know, that's not who you are? What kind of things start? No, do you notice in somebody's life that is a good indicator that these things are not working? Is it that we start getting annoyed? Is it that we start mm. looking at people and being jealous of a lot more? You know, is, is there signs that we can look out for in our own life, like red flags?
2: No, I mean, yeah, I know. Because at the end of the day, it's all relative to each person. That's the thing. It's, it's a matter of checking in with how you feel. If you feel crappy, then odds are something's off, right? But if you don't, then odds are something's not. But you've really got to go through the, uh, the aspect of, of what is your version of great and good and then gauge it from there. I don't think enough people actually take the time to think through whether or not the things they're hearing feedback-wise are useful to them and who they choose to be outside of the world. So I think the first thing is like, yeah, really settle in. Like what, what is good? What is bad relatively to you? And then from there you make decisions.
1: So how would we start doing that? Like, is it literally just a case of this part of my life is good. That part of my life is bad or.
2: Yeah. I mean, we have, you have different identities and different capacities. Who I am here is different than who I am with my kids or with my wife or, you know, mm. clients. Right. So the idea is like, just look at your life and say, where's an area that I'm falling short of my potential? Where's an area where something could be better? And when you learn that, that's where you start making adjustments.
1: Because that was something I was I was very interested in was like our identity isn't just one part. You know, we've got different a role that you play at work, a role you play at home, like you're saying with your kids, etc. How do these? How do we then know which part of us is struggling? You know, how do we know maybe that something that a role we're not fulfilling with our wife is affecting us at work? How do we? How can we dial in and find that? that bad egg to fix
2: it yeah i mean if you find well first off if you notice it's off it's off it's pretty straightforward like you don't have to go looking around to realize your marriage is messed up if your marriage is messed up you know your marriage is messed up right
1: (laughs) they'll tell you
2: yeah they'll tell you it's not like it's rocket science and if you know that now it's time to take take the same thing we've been saying take the ego aside take a look at what needs to be done and do those things outside of what you think you want to do what does it need to like what is necessary thing not not so much what do I want to do what feels right like what is the actual thing you should do when you know what that thing is now you can make those adjustments
1: so say we've started working on this and you know we've done some work with you and we start seeing we start understanding where we're going wrong and we know how where we would like to fix or who we want to become like how do we then lock it in you know how do we make it then say? Now that's part of us. Is there a way we can do that?
2: It's just time, man. It's time. It is no definitive. The way is do the things. Cause the longer you do the thing as a human being, we have investment bias. The more I invest into something, the more I want to return. If I want to get the return of feeling like you're talking about that, this is who I am. It's an investment in time of efforts, of actions, of energy, of, of whatever. The more that I invest, the more I get the return of that feeling you're talking about.
1: So is that just a case of like, creating it like a habit you know just making it part of say you wanted to be yeah, fit sure. again because uh, yeah. i'm a big fan of like making systems in our life you know like having set time for things and you know is it just a case of even sort of working out in these kind of roles right so if you yeah. had to if you had to um, wrap up this interview, you know, if you wanted to somebody to take from this, because I know you've helped so many people, what would you want to take from this interview? What would you give them as a sort of going home message?
2: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's, if you desire to have a life that is elevated above what it is now, it's not going to be what you consume, what you've learned or what, you know, it's going to be who you are with what, you know, and, that is a journey to get there, but you have to start taking the action that ends your suffering long enough to where you eventually feel like the person and to your core know you are the person who deserves the things you want to have.
1: Because I know you've, you will have changed so many lives and people will be desperate to work with you, but for people who want to connect with you, come with your programs, see your, speaking, you know, your amazing speaking events, et cetera, how can we connect with you, find you on social media, these sorts of things?
2: Uh, go to at Anthony trucks on Instagram. And that's the fastest way to find me.
0: Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it.